Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, a valedictorian at Brigham Young University came out during his graduation speech. The president of Brazil told gays not to come to his country. Disney canceled its award-winning LGBTQ-inclusive series Andy Mack, and the 2019 Tony Award nominations are out, including a special Tony Award for Judith Light for her LGBTQ advocacy. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. Earlier this week, I reported on some shady shenanigans by Republican operatives who attempted to smear Democratic presidential contender Mayor Pete Buttigieg by alleging false accusations of sexual assault. The allegations were made in the name of Hunter Kelly, a Michigan college student, a Republican, and a Trump supporter. But more details have come into light about the right-wing trolls who actually plotted the scheme. Hunter Kelly tells the Daily Beast that he'd been communicating with known hoaxer Jacob Wall for several weeks. But last week, Wall invited Kelly to the home of Jack Berkman in Baltimore to discuss gathering dirt on Mayor Pete as part of a task force set up by the Trump administration, they told him. Wall and partner Jack Berkman apparently paid for Kelly's airline ticket to Baltimore and picked him up shortly after midnight. According to a statement posted on his Facebook, Kelly says the two revealed a draft of an article that was to be posted on Medium accusing Buttigieg of sexually assaulting Kelly. Kelly says he wasn't feeling comfortable about the idea, duh, but Wall told him to sleep on it as they'd been talking until 4 a.m. When Kelly woke the next morning, Wool allegedly informed the Michigan College student that the article had already been posted in Kelly's name. Berkman apparently told Kelly that he was a star and people were eating him up. After a lunch of Subway sandwiches, specifically, Kelly writes that he was feeling regretful about the lie, but was told that the article already posted, so turning back on what had been published would look bad because lying always looks bad. Kelly asserts that Berkman promised to buy him, quote, any house I wanted to stay involved with the scam. It was during those discussions that Kelly says he was pressured into signing a script about the fake sexual assault, which they decided they would say took place in February at the, quote, fancy Mayflower Hotel in Washington, D.C. Kelly's statement goes on to say he spent the next hours dodging, quote, hate mail and reporters left and right while getting dozens of texts from friends and family asking why the media was contacting them. He eventually escaped, his word, from Berkman's home by faking a nap and calling his family to come pick him up. When he was informed that his family had arrived, Kelly says he rushed downstairs and left, saying he couldn't take part in the scheme because, quote, that is not the type of person I am. 
Kelly adds that Wohl posted more fake tweets on a new Twitter account Wohl and Berkman had created, where Kelly appeared distraught. Now, this isn't Berkman and Wohl's first trip to the fake scandal rodeo, folks. Last year, the duo were accused of planning a busted scheme where they tried to pay a woman large sums of money to falsely accuse special counsel Robert Mueller of sexually harassing her in the 1970s in an effort to discredit Mueller. That little escapade didn't go any better than this. Additionally, the Daily Beast reports a second man has come forward saying Berkman and Wall approached him about a similar scheme. He says he not only met with the two, but recorded the conversation. The Daily Beast confirms they've heard the recording. Kelly says he traveled to meet with the conservative provocateurs with the intention of, quote, seeing what legitimate dirt we could get on Buttigieg. In his statement, he says he was never in Washington, D.C. in February, never met Buttigieg, and never been a victim of sexual assault. He adds at the end of his statement, Jack Berkman may have promised me a lavish lifestyle, but at a price that would cost me the two most important things to me, honesty and integrity. Had I gone forward with this despicable scheme they concocted, I would have lost both of those things and became another one of their useless pawns. Kelly also calls Woolman and Berkman, quote, the real danger to our country. In response, Berkman alleges it was Kelly who reached out to him to meet. Berkman posted a copy of the signed script along with a photo of Kelly holding his ID with the caption, one. Very first thing Hunter Kelly did is sign a statement attesting to his accusation. Two, he was in full control of all public disclosures, even taking a selfie with his ID to confirm his identity to Medium. Berkman also tweeted, referencing Kelly as his former client, who was, quote, pressured out of telling his truth. Mm-hmm. In related Mayor Pete news, a new Quinnipiac poll shows 70% of voters, including a plurality of Republicans, are willing to vote for a gay president, although 23% say they would not. But when asked if they think the United States is ready for a gay president, only 36% said yes, while 53% said no. Tim Malloy, assistant director for Quinnipiac, said, quote, The good news for Mayor Pete Buttigieg is that voters seem ready to accept a gay man as president. The bad news for Buttigieg is that voters believe it just isn't going to happen. A valedictorian at Brigham Young University came out as gay during his graduation speech last week. Matt Easton, a political science whiz, slam poet, practicing Mormon, and in the words of his faculty advisor, quote, a gem of a human being, addressed a packed assembly hall saying, I stand before my family, friends, and graduating class today to say that I am proud to be a gay son of God. I am not broken. I am loved and important in the plan of our great creator. Each of us are. As the audience broke into cheers, he continued saying, Four years ago, it would have been impossible for me to imagine that I would come out to my entire college. It's a phenomenal feeling, and it is a victory for me in and of itself. Easton later took to Twitter to share that he had come out to his closest family and friends over the last couple of years, but he had not been out publicly prior to his speech. 
He praised the college for having given him the foundation to tackle challenges, both spiritual and secular, as well as supporting his faith. Though openly LGBTQ students may attend BYU, its restrictive honor code forbids, quote, homosexual behavior and, quote, all forms of physical intimacy that give expression to homosexual feelings, end quote. Acting on these feelings can, and often does, result in expulsion from Brigham Young University. While speaking to reporters last week, Brazil's homophobic far-right president said that LGBTQ tourists should keep out of the South American country. Speaking to The Guardian, President Jair Bolsonaro said, If you want to come here and have sex with a woman, go for your life. But we can't let this place become known as a gay tourism paradise. Brazil can't be a country of the gay world, of gay tourism. We have families. Now, a lot of gay tourists travel to Brazil every year, especially for explicitly pro-gay and other gay-friendly events like Sao Paulo's annual LGBTQ Pride Parade and Rio de Janeiro's Carnival. John Tanzella, president of the International LGBTQ Travel Association, said in a statement to Reuters, quote, Bolsonaro's homophobic remarks will have social and economic repercussions for Brazil. His hate speech not only deters LGBTQ travelers, but also their allies around the world, end quote. Homophobic statements like this are nothing out of the ordinary for Bolsonaro, who campaigned on a completely anti-gay, anti-black, anti-indigenous, anti-woman platform last year. The president has often said that the Brazilian family unit is threatened by queer people and that the community's gender ideology is a danger to children. When asked about his positions, he often said, yes, I'm homophobic and proud of it. Since taking office in January, Bolsonaro has stripped LGBTQ concerns from Brazil's Human Rights Ministry's agenda and taken steps to remove queer content from school curriculum. Despite all this, he retains the support of many world leaders, including President Donald Trump. According to Billboard magazine, Taylor Swift toppled multiple YouTube records with the debut of her new music video, me, featuring Panic at the Disco's Brendan Urie. According to a press release from YouTube sent on Saturday, Swift's Me video, which is very LGBTQ inclusive, garnered a record-breaking 65.2 million views within the first 24 hours of its release on April 26th. YouTube confirms that this feat makes Swift the solo and female artist with the biggest 24-hour debut on YouTube to date. Swift currently counts more than 33 million subscribers on her official YouTube channel, which makes her one of just eight musicians who have over 30 million subscribers. Swift recently upped her LGBTQ ally cred by donating over $100,000 to a Tennessee LGBTQ rights group. Andy Mack the Disney Channel show that features an out gay teen and earned the network a fair number of firsts, has been canceled. The tween dramedy series, third and final season, will air this summer. The series rose to prominence in 2017 when a 13-year-old character, Cyrus Goodman, played by Joshua Rush, 
told his friends Andy and Buffy that he had feelings for Andy's boyfriend, Jonah. That moment kicked off what would become an ongoing coming-out storyline, noteworthy for the character's young age. What was equally notable was that it had the Disney stamp of approval, a clear sign of changing times. When he first inched out of the closet, Cyrus said, I feel weird, different. To which his friend Buffy said, Cyrus, you've always been weird, but you're no different. You'll be okay, I promise. And then in February of this year, another first. Cyrus said the words, I'm gay, becoming the first Disney character ever to say those words. At a memorial for his grandmother, Cyrus found the courage to come out while describing the food at the event. He said, that's gefilte fish, skip that, and I'm gay. After a pause, Jonah, his former crush, replied, yeah, okay, cool. Series creator and executive producer Terry Minsky said, quote, Andy Mack was a labor of love for a room of impassioned, inventive writers, a talented and dedicated crew, and an extraordinary, miraculous cast who inspired us all. We had the honor of breaking a lot of new ground for Disney Channel. We were the first serialized show, its first series centered around an Asian American family, and its first to feature an LGBTQ character who spoke the words, I'm gay. But the best part of making Andy Mack was our audience, who let us know we mattered to them. The series finale is for them. Andy Mack was by all accounts a success on the network, even becoming the most watched show at one point. It's also the highest rated series for ages 6 to 14. The show also received several awards along the way, such as Television Academy Honors, a GLAAD Media Award, a U.S. Asia Institute Honor, the Common Sense Media Seal for Quality Family Programming, and a Peabody Award nomination. And speaking of canceled, Empire will be back for a sixth season on Fox TV, but it sounds like Jussie Smollett will likely not be back with it. Smollett was written out of the final two episodes of the fifth season after being accused of faking an attack he claimed happened to him in January in Chicago. Charges were dropped by the city of Chicago, but both his future with the show and the show's future had been in question, and fellow cast members wrote an open letter to Fox asking for Smollett to be brought back. Now with news that the show itself will return for season six, Fox has issued a statement confirming there are currently no plans for Smollett's return. Quote, By mutual agreement, the studio has negotiated an extension to Jussie Smollett's option for season six, but at this time, there are no plans for the character of Jamal to return to Empire. The nominations for the 73rd Annual Tony Awards, celebrating excellence in live Broadway theater, were announced this morning, with Anais Mitchell's Greek myth-inspired musical, Town leading the pack with 14 nominations. The jukebox musical inspired by the music of The Temptations, Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of The Temptations, scored 12 nods, and the musical adaptation of Tootsie garnered 11 nominations. The Prom, a groundbreaking musical comedy about a Midwestern high school student who's told she can't bring her lesbian girlfriend to the prom, received seven nominations, including Best Musical, Best Book of a Musical, Best Original Score, Best Director, Best Leading Actor, 
and two for Best Leading Actress in a Musical. The musical stage adaptation of the hit film Beetlejuice rounds out the Best Musical category. The Cher Show, which chronicles the life and music of the one and only Cher, was shut out of the Best Musical category, but did receive three nominations, including Best Leading Actress in a Musical, Best Costumes in a Musical, and Best Lighting Design for a Musical. Over on the play side of things, Choir Boy, a coming-of-age story that follows a gay choir leader at a boarding school for black men by Moonlight's Terrell Alvin McCraney, received five nominations, including Best Play and Best Leading Actor in a Play for Jeremy Pope. Also nominated for Best Play are The Ferryman, Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus, Inc., and What the Constitution Means to Me. Two acclaimed LGBTQ-themed productions, The Boys in the Band and Torch Song, were nominated for Best Revival of a Play. Even though Boys had an all-star cast, only Robin DeJesus scored a nomination for his performance. Additionally, Judith Light will be honored with the Isabel Stevenson Award, which is given to, quote, an individual from the theater community who has made a substantial contribution of volunteered time and effort on behalf of one or more humanitarian, social service, or charitable organizations, regardless of whether such organizations relate to the theater. Already a two-time Tony Award winner for Other Desert Cities and The Assembled Parties, Light will receive the honorary award for her decades of work on behalf of the LGBTQ community and HIV-AIDS advocacy. In a statement, Light said, The HIV-AIDS and LGBTQ communities are inspirations and demonstrations of how to be and live in the world, courageous, honorable, and uplifting. They inspire me, and it is my privilege to be of service to them. I am humbled by this recognition from my theater family, who I so respect, honor, and love. Make sure you tune in to CBS on June 9th, as the 73rd Annual Tony Awards will be hosted by The Late Late Show's James Corden. You can find a full list of nominations at, where else, therandyreport.com. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.